This is how I win. How'd that get in there? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I drink your milkshake. What am I going to do with a soul anyways? You show me a pay stub for $72,000 on it, I quit my job right now and I work for you. Yeah, Jake, it's Chinatown. Welcome back, Jack of No Trades. We're here and we're ready to talk about some kids and their ability to act in movies. I've got a very, very fired up Bilmo in the house. What's, What's up, up? What's up? Um, yeah, we had like probably a 45 minute delay because computers are bullshit sometimes. So we're here though, and we're going to plow ahead. So thank you for sticking with us, Bilmo. Ready to do this. Happy to do it. Good, good. And I also got Taylor, the very sympathetic Taylor. Loves you, the kids. Are you an angel? I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's go. I've been waiting. The universe has been fighting us on this episode. I think it's because it's going to be that good, but we made it. Let's get right into it, man. Let's let's just get going. There's a lot of, a lot of raw energy around this topic. We've been teasing, uh, dissecting children in movies, the good, the bad, so much bad. We want to kind of give a good survey of what is out there in, in film. Um, you know, kids, they show up in a lot of stuff. But we're going to start with the good, you know, because we like to see things on the bright side, right? And so we want to talk about some kids in good movies giving good performances. <laughs> it sounds so creepy how many times you keep saying we're talking about kids. Yeah. So funny, dude. This, it's going to be a theme. Yeah. And I think this, as you've, if you've listened to the last like three or four episodes, I think this topic has just naturally been progressing. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like this has just been a topic that's kind of naturally come up because in the recent movies that we've, we've talked about, we've reviewed, there's some been, there's been some really poor use of children in movies. Mm. And, and I think, you know, to preface our discussion, I think, you know, to give it some context, you know, I, I don't know. I think when we talk about kids in movies, it comes down to what is their role in mm. in the movie? And not just in general, what are kids' roles in movies? Because every movie is going to have, you know, a different context in which that kid has to, has a role to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of times where those roles are just very much misguided either they're overused or they're doing too much um, more than a kid in that particular context or situation should be doing and sometimes it's just right and I think we're just going to kind of be like you said you know we'll start with the good ones and why and maybe talk about why they work in um, you know and you know and I, I I don't know and I think maybe there's even cases where there are maybe even bad performances of kids, but it's not necessarily because the role that they're given is bad and they're just bad actors. And I think there's just, there's a plethora of, you know, issues that can arise and things to explore with kids in movies. And I think our biggest beefs are typically with movies focused towards older audiences that feature children rather than like movies that have kids that are made for kids. I don't really give a shit about, 
kids' movies and kids' That's performances. That's a totally different thing. I'm not That's talking like, about Spy yeah, Kids. Exactly. You know, we're, not, we're not here to like shit on Spy Kids. Shark Boy and Lava Girl or whatever. Yeah. Movies made for children have a very specific purpose, and it's to give parents a break for a couple hours and just let the kids zone out. So And it makes them dough. They, they fulfill that purpose. So, so, can you, so can you guys tell when a kid was given all – the setup to be good in a movie, but they sucked at acting versus the director didn't know how to work with them. The writers didn't give them good lines. Like, can, can you tell the difference when you watch a movie? Like you're like a, a kid that was confident could actually deliver this well and be good versus yeah. they, didn't have, they didn't have a chance walking into this thing. Yeah. I think it could go both ways, but I, I feel like I could, I feel like I could pick it out. I feel like it's like, oh, we need a different kid actor in this. Or, oh, this role just needs to be changed entirely. You know, I think there's just always going to be the examination of the role and the actor. Mm-hmm. And how those things sometimes aren't cohesive. Um, you know, sometimes both are bad. Bad oh. role, bad actor, and vice versa. You know, and so it's just, it. I feel like you can tell, though. I feel like there are situations in which it's fairly easy to tell hey this kid is just completely unnecessary in this movie or in fact i have an example that we can get into off the top of my head where they just need to be removed entirely (laughs) i do think it more lies on the director to get what they need out of children though i think that if i'm gonna lean more one way or the other like blaming the kid actor or the director i'm probably gonna blame the director more obviously and it's difficult but like you got to work with kids. They're not working with a full deck. You know, they're still like developing. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite kid acting trope is when you get that quick edit to get a reaction from a kid. It's like a quick cut, like where they're scared or they're happy. Yeah. And you can tell they did probably like a hundred takes to get the one look <laughs> and it still looks like dog shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like That was a long day on set. That was rough. Um, okay. Let's, let's get into the good. Okay. All right. The gold standards. When we're talking kids, man, Taylor, I'm going to keep saying kids until you're just <laughs> thoroughly creeped out. <laughs> Best performances. What do we got? What do we got? I'll lead off with. Uh, lead off for I mean, me. You know, we've gone through some of these that we have a list that we've made out, but I'll just start off with Haley Joel Osment. I think he is a good. I think he's the definition of a gold standard. I think he is the standard of what every kid should try should strive to be and the role that you know should be put out in movies because i think his role is excellent and i think he's obviously an excellent gives a great performance in that movie and a scene that brings me to tears almost every time like one of the last scenes with tony collette as he talks tells her about her mom or her grandma i believe and gives her like that scene just crushes me every time and Haley joel osman all around just kills it in that movie is it also the only M. Night Shyamalan movie that has a good use of children in the movie? I would argue that Signs is not too bad. Um, I, I actually don't hate the Signs kids. Yeah, I think his one, there is a Culkin. Isn't it a Culkin in Signs? The is child? It, is it Kieran? Uh, I don't not Kieran. I swear it's a Culkin. I'm looking it up right now. The two kids are creepy. They're not normal children. Yes. He made them caricatures of children. It's Rory Culkin. Oh, wow. The other brother. The third Culkin. Yeah. 
the bonus Jonas of the bunch. <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah, and wow. I, you That's know, so pull, it, dude. it runs in the family, <laughs> though, so it was hard to for that to go wrong because you know he just has such a deep run with his family in the, in this role. And how so, the fuck did Rory Culkin get brought up first <laughs> in the kids movie podcast? <laughs> I'm sh- genuinely shocked so, right now. But like, bro, we have, we have beat this topic to death. That, we have that M Night Shyamalan. Either writes children as adults in child bodies or the biggest fucking idiots on the planet that have no sense of logic or reason that are just dumb as shit. There's no in between. But yeah. I think I think Sixth Sense works because of the nature of the movie. So here's the question to you, Taylor. Does Haley Joel Osment, is he actually a kid in that movie or is he a child giving an adult performance? See, it's it's tricky, right? Because, like, the kid has the, you know, the sixth sense. I mean, if you haven't seen yeah. this movie yet, he uh, is clairvoyant. He can see the dead, communicate with them. Right. I mean, if you're a six-year-old or however old he is, I mean, you're going to have a different – you're going to be a little different than the other kids at your school. Yeah. So, like, so it, it works for the nature of the character, I feel like. and. I think I've seen Haley Joel in a few other movies. I think he's pretty good in uh, Forrest Gump. Not a lot to do, but he's decent. In the Secondhand Lions movie, I think he's pretty good. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. No. The only other one, I think, kid performance is AI, which he's also very good at. He's good. I think he's solid. Like I don't think it's just the the role, right? I think that it's yeah. him. I think he's giving a solid performance. I mean, he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point about playing kind of like an adult character within that, because it's like in both AI and Sixth Sense, it's like, I mean, AI is different because he's he's a robot and I actually think he does a great job. Yeah. Um, I don't think he blinks the entire movie, which is very impressive Um, until like I think the very last scene of the movie, he actually blinks. Um, (laughs) But the Sixth Sense, I think, I don't know, because the circumstances, yeah, he can see dead people, doesn't have a dad. He's kind of in a situation where he's forced to be more, to grow up a little faster. Yeah. Yeah. Than the average kid. It's not like they're just some kid thrown into this situation. And so, I don't know. I, I was, to answer my own question, I think he does a good job of being a child with circumstances that would have him act a certain way. Right. Yes. I, I And I think that's where I feel it's authentic to being age appropriate for his situation versus like, I'm just going to write the kid in a way that he's an adult, but in a kid's body. And so he delivers lines and, and acts like a, an adult would in this situation, but he's just a child. So that's to me, the distinction between really selling it for a young age versus, you know, just being set up to. Yeah. Just do it you know like like it's kind of on a platter for you i think he kind of gets the nuance you'd want to be really compelling in the role um okay so six cents i think it is the gold standard for me that that's going to be my top just spoilers that's my number one i don't think there's any better than him yeah and i think you can you could arguably say that macaulay culkin let's let's talk about i mean let's just get him out of the way just because i think it's fairly obvious you know, and because he is more of a comedic role, but it's also, you know, the movie has heart to it. You know, it's not just some slapsticky comedic performance. We're talking you know? Home Alone? 
Home Alone. Yeah, right? Home Alone. Exactly. And, you know, I feel like in in some ways he's on the same level as Haley Joel doing what he needs to do in that movie and also being just so iconic um, and bringing that character. I mean, because oh, he's still because, yeah, and he's he's still a child and he obviously manifests a lot of that behavior. And I think and, you know, it's kind of the fantastical element or slapstick element of him having the brains to form the traps and the whole plan and the whole nine yards with all that. But I, I don't know. It, it works. And, and I don't know. It's, it's interesting. He kills it. Like this is a comparison. He reminds me of like early Jim Carrey a little bit or like who had a massive run in the nineties where like Jim Carrey was kind of playing the same character. I felt like for several movies in the nineties where it's like Jim Carrey mm-hmm. and Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey in the mask, Jim Carrey in dumb and dumb or whatever. Right. Like, like just like the over the top kind of physical comedy where I feel like Macaulay Culkin was the same, where it was like every movie that came out in the nineties with Macaulay Culkin, it was like, he was playing the same character over and over. I don't know if you guys agree with yeah. that. Richie Rich. Richie um, Rich. The only one I would say that's offbeat is the good son. Have you seen that? Have you seen the page master? Yes, I've seen the page master. <laughs> I oh, raise you. Yes. Have you seen no, the page master? No, the good son is like he plays like a like a messed up like murderer kid. Oh like, really? And his cousin in the I, movie I, is This has is, been on my radar. I've never seen it, but I always have wanted to. So Elijah Wood me. Elijah Wood is his cousin, and they're both like, I wanna say he can't be younger. He might be younger than he was in Home Alone. It's either a year or before or after. No, it came out in like '93, so he's he's older. But it's he plays like a dark, dark role where he like hurts animals, hurts kids, hurts adults. Like so, Macaulay has range. He's not just meant to play this, you know, kind of smart, smart alecky, slapsticky kid. The good son, I think he has some further expands those acting chops. But if you haven't seen it more depth, you know, we don't have to go into it. Okay. But yeah, I think that puts him in the child actor hall of fame. Yeah. I think he, I think he belongs. I mean, oh, if, yeah. we, if we go a little further back, like let's, let's talk about ET for a little bit, you know, like the classic, it's probably one of the best movies ever made, made a, bazillion dollars everyone loves it and that movie falls apart if your lead kid can't make and or kids yeah but the main kid elliot specifically if he can't sell that he has a connection with this animatronic alien the movie completely falls apart yeah and and Mm. is lifeless and i and i think we can't like overstate like that kid kind of crushed it i felt like but all the kids in that movie are fantastic yeah very and you know, I think Spielberg notoriously very well, very good at working with kids. Um, Hook is another good example. I mean, he he directed AI with Haley Joel Osment. Um, I mean, he has a pretty good track record of I think utilizing kids. I mean, Short Round, Temple of Doom. Yeah, I mean, he he really he he really does have a knack for working with kids. So I think it does play into what you were saying earlier that you know I think the director definitely plays a huge part in being able to get these performances out of the kids and making them believable and making them work in their particular roles and knowing exactly what they're going to deliver within the space of yes the movie. yes 
totally. So a more mature child actor that I think deserves recognition or, you know, being discussed would be Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver. Now, she was probably 15 when she made that movie. Yeah, if that. Uh, if that. Maybe plays a Plays a prostitute. Plays a prostitute. I mean, a very mature role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very mature role. But comes off very believable. And she propels herself into so many things after that. Oh, yeah. Like, incredible run from her. And that's a, that's a role that not many people could pull off in a way no. that would be effective. Or it would no. kind of just take the whole movie. You know, and again, I think it works. It, it, you know, it's believable in that role because she's been pimped out for since. Uh-huh. She, how old was she? You know, and I yeah. think again, that's just another good example of having these children thrust into situations where they're forced to be adults or become yep. more adult. And so, and yeah, she totally sells that in that movie. That's such a good. Yeah. That's a good one to bring up. That diner scene with De Niro. It's just oh iconic. Great it's so stuff. good. Great stuff. And you could tell she had the chops then and there. And obviously she has a, a lot of great performances throughout her career. Um, all right. Any other great ones you guys want to cover right now? Deserves recognition. Um, I mean, let's just Shia LaBeouf, you know, holes. All of them. A little bit, a little bit older. Movie. Even Steven's movie. True <laughs> Confessions. Yeah. Where he plays a mentally challenged kid. So, um, do we count people that are playing high schoolers as kid actors? I mean, on a technicality, yes. But I think when we're talking kid actors for for, for these purposes, I think it. I think we are kind of referring to the Haley Joel Osment, Macaulay Culkin age, you know, and every like, ET. They're all like between what seven and twelve years old. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I was just going to shout out Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future and Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick from Ferris Bueller. Like, Well, no, but I mean, because they're different because they weren't actually of yeah. age, that age yeah. in those movies. And I think that's also a distinction. I like the question, though, you posed in here, Taylor, about who's the better high schooler, Matthew Broderick or Michael J. Fox? Who are you picking? That's tough. It's a very good question. I think they're both incredible. I know. I do too. I think I give it to Ferris. I lean Ferris. I probably lean Ferris. You got to give it. I mean, he's he's incredible. Yeah, when when you're talking strictly just a high schooler, I mean, he yeah, I think Ferris takes it. And it has great high school scenes in it too where I don't remember as many there's like the dance in Back to the Future, but there's not really like a lot of high school in that movie unless I'm forgetting it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it gave Ferris a little more, you know, room to shine within the context of school. Right. Yeah. Totally catches the feel of high school. It does. In a, in a way Back to the Future doesn't. So maybe that's the difference. Both great performances. Good question. Good question. I got a question. Terminator two. Edward Furlong. Great yes. performance Fantastic. or okay performance? I think Fantastic. he's great. I think he's great. <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> like that's all that's the best way I can put it. It works. Because it it's works. it's hard to say that he's like an excellent actor. Like Haley Joel Thank Osment. You. Yes. Thank because you. he's You're... not a great yes. actor, but he's it not. works. 
I I but said this worked. to Taylor before we got on air with you, Bill Mo. I said I love him in the movie. Yes. But I don't think he's very good. But yeah. I think he plays a shithead kid really well, and he's got great chemistry with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's fantastic. No, he does That's the thing. That's the thing. It works. But I agree. Works. I don't think like just taking him, isolating his performance yeah. without yeah. the context of everything else, it's not good. His career after T2, I think, is evidence of that. Of that. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing. But no, nothing. that's a good point. I try, like I want him in the movie. I wouldn't replace him in the movie. I'm watching it and I'm just like, yeah, this kid's great. I love him, but he's not that good. It's like yeah. clearly he's in a movie. It, he seems like he's in a movie. So it's like riding the coattails on like a championship team a little bit. But yeah. you're likable. You know, it's like the guy that yeah. you like having around. Yeah, it's, good like, locker room it's, it's like being like J.R. Smith or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if J.R. is that guy, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I just it, – it, that's like a one-of-a-kind situation. Like, it it's, there's not very many situations like that where, like, not only, like, the movie is one of the greats of all time, uh-huh. you know, all of the other performances are killer, but just, like, he just somehow – finds a way to make his performance still work, even though it's not a good one. Thank you. Okay. I <laughs> Interesting was, shout out. I, was, I, I had that sensation the whole time. Cause I just watched it this last week and I was like, I'm, I love this kid, but he sucks. So I'm glad you see it yeah. the same way. So your first time seeing Terminator two. It, it is actually. What? When, when was I know. this? This last week. Yeah. Holy smokes. I did know. you watch it for this pod or was there another I reason? I did. I did, yeah. It's incredible. Watch for this pod. It's on HBO. It's like, let's throw it up, you know? Let's so how did done. you, did you just search kids in movies and Terminator 2 came up? Or like, how did you know there was a child actor in it? I, th- I think, Taylor, you said something about yeah, it. Yeah, I threw it in our uh, one, in our yeah. note. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I went off the cheat sheet. I can't believe worry. you hadn't seen it, dude. I know. There's always one of those, you know? It's been so on the list. good. And I love and it holds the up. First Terminator. It does. It's, it's great to see how they handled some of the CGI and visuals incredible yeah. action movie great great this movie. did something positive for humanity Absolutely. Got, got ben to watch terminator 2 yeah, <laughs> that's what we're here for push it push us over the edge on some yeah. of these things. um all right let's move on i think we've covered the good and we're really just teasing to get to the bad yeah. uh, should we honor the, the bad mention, yeah yeah before we get to the bad if you have any honorable mentions but this is a question that i really like which ensemble cast is better or do you like better the Sandlot or the Goonies? And so you're going top to bottom <sighs> roster here. Between I mean, I think the Goonies is more iconic. I, I mean, I think more people would recognize and associate their childhood. I don't know with maybe not associate their childhood because a lot of, but I, I think the Goonies just has more pull than the sandlot if i'm being honest i think i've seen the sandlot more than the goonies and i probably have too and i got the great hambino i got squints i got benny the jet rodriguez i'm having a hard time thinking of any of i remember uh chunk right that's the the truffle shuffle yeah data yeah they're both great i remember josh brolin's in that movie yeah Uh, sean austin sean astin yeah yeah that's tough it's tough i think I lean Sandlot personally. Is this a skewed age question? I think so. If you're a child in the 80s, I bet you're picking the Goonies. Yeah. If you're a child of the 90s, you're probably picking Sandlot. I can't imagine you're not. 
I grew up watching The Sandlot and like we were actually it was a kind of almost forbidden because of the name calling scene. You oh know, really? They just oh yeah. My parents didn't like that scene. So uh, we, but but we loved um yeah, Sandlot. I mean, I don't know when I actually watched Goonies. I don't know that like I grew up watching. I feel like the Goonies was something I visited later, not Same. as a child, you know. I probably so. saw Goonies like past 10 years old. And I remember Sandlot was one of those first, I want to rent this movie over yeah. and over again. Loved it to death. So I lean Sandlot really heavily. But Goonies has a lot to be up there. I know. You know I, I just across I, the board. There's I think, some great moments in that movie. I think as a movie, Goonies is more iconic, but I do think the ensemble cast. I mean, and again, because we're '90s kids, is just a little more relatable and more memorable. I think. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, you just Benny the Jet, dude. Like, dude, he was the coolest kid. Like, there was no one coolest. There was no one cooler. Oh, and, I love it. Oh, you know, squint. Yeah, the whole crew. Like, uh, you're you're probably right. I think if you have to pick the cast, it's probably got to be Sandlot. T- top to bottom, it's That's it's tough. a pretty impeccable roster. Yeah, it they is. They all have good scenes, and it and it captures summer in a level that's oh. gonna always be nostalgic. Where the Goonies has that adventure aspect, but maybe doesn't have that same kind of feel. Right. They're both incredible. Let's let's both great movies. Both great movies. You can't go wrong with either one. And it's all due to the the performances. I yes. Mean, any one of those those kids dropped a ball, you know, those movies aren't the same. I love those movies because you know those kids across the roles. Mm-hmm. You're like, I know that guy. I went yeah. I went to school with that idiot. Yeah. He, it's go across the board. You're like, yep, I know that type of t- yep. person. It's it's very great. Any other ensemble, great ensembles you want to talk about, Taylor, you threw out Stand By Me, Harry Potter. We got to shout out Harry Potter, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, the cast is, is fantastic. They could have got that way wrong. They nailed it. I mean, they got all the kids when they're 11, 12 years old, made eight movies with them over a decade. It's incredible. We've never seen anything like it before. Who would have thought Daniel Radcliffe would have brought it, you know? What if he would have got, like, super ugly or, like, just, like, couldn't bring it when he needed to act a little better when he got older? But I thought he delivered, man. People may not think those movies are good, but maybe my nostalgia goggles, but... I just haven't seen all of them. I think I've seen the first four, and I haven't moved on past that. I was trying to come up with a comp to Harry Potter. I think it's one of one with the way the cast progresses throughout all of the movies. Yeah. Is there anything close? No way. I don't I think so. Anything. Uh, yeah. Any maybe, a, th- maybe a television show, but even then, like not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Curious if we'll ever get anything like that again. It is a, it is a very unique situation. And I think that just shows a commitment to the product that the production made to keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, and stay on schedule so it didn't get too ridiculous as they got older with everything that was coming out. So, and they got lucky, uh, I think, across the board with the kids. Dan Radcliffe didn't get tall enough, probably, for how they wanted him in those movies, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he maintained the look. He's he's a handsome guy, but I think they probably thought that Harry Potter would be a bigger dude by yeah. the end of it. Well, based, based off on the, the books, books yeah. Right, but you're kind of like, yeah, we've committed, so it is what it is, and he does yeah. great, so interesting. All right, let's pick up the pace here. Q, 
kid mo- great movies are good movies with bad kid actors. <laughs> so this is we're getting into the realm of this is a great movie, but I'm distracted by this person in the movie. But I but I still like the movie. But it's, I still it, like the a, movie. It's annoying, but I hate and, the kid in it. And I, let's even add not just the bad actor, but let's just say the bad role too, because I think okay. I have some of those that just. And, you know, and I, and I think those go hand in hand, the performance of the child, but also the role of the, that the child plays in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think we can attack both of those. Well, let's not get too hot too quick, but top of our list, Commissioner Gordon's son <laughs> in the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> that Dude. almost like was the basis for this podcast. That 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 was one of the items. I mean, there's there was about there's three movies I can think of that served as a basis for this podcast, but that was definitely one of the roles that I absolutely hate this child <laughs> and there's no room for him in this movie. Um, it was, it was it the same actor in the first and the second. I believe so. I think it's the same. Yeah, man. I mean, he just didn't, he only, I swear only had like one word in the first oh, one. He like gets on the like balcony. one moment on, yeah, the balcony. Uh, yeah. on the balcony and that's it. And then for no, no reason at all, he's thrown into the last scene of the dark night where he's, for some reason is being preached to in a monologue by his father, but he's dad. Is he okay? Is he, why are people chasing him? It's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I just, I wanted to throw the kid off the building. I did. His, his uh, name is Nathan Gamble. If you were wondering, has he been in anything else? Um, I'm looking, it doesn't look like it's the same kid as Batman begins. So I apologize. I didn't for the think it was, but uh, this is one of those. I think it's a bad role and it's a bad actor. He was, in, that. he was in Marley and Me. If you ever saw that, because no. <laughs> okay, like, let's say, I mean, is is the kid necessary to have in this movie? Does it no. is it better, worse, or the same without him? In your I opinion, mean, I mean, like, I feel like you gotta have Gordon's kid at the climax you he loved his it. kid more than his wife bro this is yeah. a big part of the movie yeah i think the and I think <laughs> he's like plays my wife bro let me keep my boy <laughs> but there's really no reason for him to love that kid more than his wife because that kid sucks we don't know his wife it's that's true. i'm just i'm just saying i'm like, saying you don't go home to her you don't know what's up <laughs> I, I mean I he just works don't long days that, i just don't think it adds anything by not just making it the wife that's in trouble and him dangling the wife off, you know, threatening to kill the wife as opposed to his child. I'm not saying the child can't even be there. Let's just say the child's there. Why are we having that moment where he's, you know, happy go lucky dad? Is he going to be okay? (laughs) I just, I can't get it totally. And it throws off. It's a great monologue. It's a great moment to end the movie with with the music and the buildup, but you're left with that sound of his voice in your head and that it's just the cheesiest moment that's brought into like such a i don't know th- such an important climax i'm just like i am baffled as to why he is in this movie the and delivery is pretty bad why is he running dad it's bad it's not pretty bad it's bad it's you just, notice it, i'm abstaining it, for this conversation it throws I, can't, off the, I can't get back into it it just throws off the tone of the it's whole fair. moment it does it's fair i still get chills from the monologue dude i think it's sick yeah it's a great monologue and it just it's sad that it i had ignore to be the kid it had it's sad it had to be prefaced with a little bitch <laughs> basically i agree the line delivery sucks the kid's not good no no debate no debate there 
and it, honestly, if you watch Nolan movies and you have the exposition character that's just there to get somebody to say some exposition, yeah. it's extremely distracting. So you have to turn yes. that off. It's Ellen Page in Inception. Every yes. scene. You yes. mean we're going to fall asleep and then time's going to slow down? Yes, well, let, me explain it. let me explain it to you. No, let me more, do it. Let me detail. tell you again. Wait, so we're asleep again. It gets even more slow? That's right. Let me tell you about it. If you if you watch movies, you have to turn that part off or you're not going to enjoy the movie at all. Fair. So, Fair critique. But he's so, barely in the movie. No, that's true. No, right. He's like a like a glint, like a fraction of these movies. Thank goodness. Thank you know. goodness. Thank goodness. Um, Nobody uh, wants him, dude. Here's one I wanted to throw out. And I think I've always wrestled with this one because the actress is good. I think she's a good actress. And I, that's not particularly pointing out a bunch of other things she's been in, but I think her character works. I just think her role was overutilized. Mm. And I'm talking nice guys. Yes. Let's go. I'll rewatch this on Saturday. I'm ready. Gosling's daughter is a necessary part in the movie. I'm not saying she needs to be removed out of this entirely. She is just heavily, heavily overused. And to the point where it kind of, it, it, it kind of makes me mad because one, it, it is getting to the point of, okay, why is this ad- child preaching to these adults serving as like the light for these adults to succumb to? And solving the mystery, solving the mystery, furthering it along. It's like she needed to just kind of be home the whole movie. There yes. was no reason for her to ever leave the house. Get the babysitter. Leave but her Gosling, at home. But Gosling yes. was an idiot. She needed to take care of him. Yeah. See, like, I think you can limit her parts to the birthday party and every scene at the house. Outside of that, you don't need her at the pool party. I thought that was a waste of time to have her there and looking Facts. for Amelia um, and then at the very end, absolutely no reason for her to be there. And it ruins probably what would have been the most satisfying and badass moment of Russell Crowe ending John Boy's life. I hate that, dude. I, I hate, hate that it. scene so much. I hate it so bad. I, I hate the other one when the guy's dead in the road. Oh, Linda was trying to kill yes. him. And you're going to kill him? Are you a good person? Oh. It's like, shut up. Oh. Shut up. Go away. This I guy think... is a bad dude. And then, he, like, Russell Crowe feels like he had to lie to her. Yes. it's I, I, I kind of get what Shane it's... Black is kind of trying to do. He's trying it's... to, like, exp- you know, have their character, I guess, like Russell Crowe, and have them trying to find, like, oh, there is, like, some moral balance that i need to have in my life and like the child is representative of that it just doesn't work it just it doesn't work i think you needed to leave her at home that's what you needed to do facts that 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 scene really pisses me off because yeah the whole john boy's a bad dude he killed amelia horrible dude he's kills her in cold blood on the street people yes he's trying to kill everyone there russell (laughs) crowe's about to choke his ass out and she comes in standing there yelling him, telling him, I'm never going to talk to you again if you kill him. And he listens. And then he'll get arrested, I guess. I don't know, dude. Like, Lock that guy oh. up. That's good for everybody. She represents no. humanity and no. compassion. No. Her role... This- it's it, her role is like served for like that's a five star movie in my opinion. I, I absolutely love that movie. And you. I think I've actually seen that movie more times than... 
most movies in the last 10 years. Like I watch it at least once a year, if not more. It's so watchable. Great performances. Great Hank. Her, I just, I can never get past her part and the way it's overutilized. And it almost brings it down a half star in my opinion. It really makes me mad. I have this bad trait where in real life, if I'm around people that I just, just bug me. I just straight up ignore them. It's it's really bad. So I'll be in a room with them and I won't listen at all. My wife will come to me later. Like, do you hear what so-and-so said? I'm like, nope, no idea. <laughs> no idea. I did that to her on my first watch of that movie. I realized. Interesting. I, I was like, whatever. Didn't think about it. But now I rewatched it, it with this podcast theme in mind. And I was so angry the whole time for the reasons you said. She's in like the birthday party scene. And that's fine. Yeah. That's great. At her house. She's been that's fine. That's great. But when she starts showing up at them at the one pool party. The party. Yeah. Like you said, when she's in the road, when she's at the last climactic scene at the hotel and the, the show, I'm like, why is she here? Get her out. Her scenes yes. don't work. And she has these jarring line deliveries that are absolutely distracting. Yeah. She's like preaching to these adults about. Stuff. Yes. Or like screeching. I'm like, get her off the freaking screen. Nobody yeah. wants to see this. And it really bums me out because you're right. Every other part of this movie is a five-star movie. Yeah, the it's chemistry genius. is off the charts. It's a masterpiece. Crow and Gosling. It's so fun. The web of mystery is like fast-paced, but it's interesting. And she's just there, just whining to us. <sighs> it's disappointing, honestly. It is. It's a bummer. Taylor, any added thoughts on this one? Nah, dude. I think you guys covered it. <laughs> um, I didn't hate her as much as you guys did. But when's your last I mean, watch? Yeah. Um, just recently. I mean, no, I'm not like I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I'm kind of like Ben. I kind of just ignored her. <laughs> so, yeah. But you're. It's right. just hard to ignore it, when the climax is. She's in the climax, and she yeah. stops. What should have been the most satisfying kill of the whole movie. It but should have. As, as a matter of principle, I hate when children in movies are like all powerful and can do no wrong. And yes. absolute perfect. And that's what is going on in this. I think it's stupid. Like, I don't like it. Like, let's be real here. Kids aren't that smart. Let's just, yep. let's just cut the cut the, to the chase. Yeah, I think they made her to be too smart for her own good. For her to like go and actually pursue the mystery and She's like watching a porno at the party and like acting like it's fine and like just being exposed to everything that she is all of a sudden. I get that like her mom's gone and like she's there's a part of her that is a little bit more adult maybe, but it's just the it it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It's too accelerated. Yeah, I don't, I don't find it. I don't like it. It's OK, though. It's fine. Great movie. Doesn't take it. I'm going to say despite it all, the movie's still. Like you said, a five-star movie. Yeah, 100%. Other examples. We just can't get our boy's name out of our mouths. Shyamalan, Unbreakable, <laughs> Bruce Willis' son. Shows up in... I hate... I love Unbreakable. I love this movie. Yeah, we... It's an all-timer for me. We no, all, yeah, we, they all know. we bonded over this. We love this movie. I think it's I Shyamalan's f- best. I yeah. fucking hate that kid. In Bruce Willis's son. I hate the scene where he pulls out the revolver and points it at Bruce Willis. I was like, Bruce, just get rid of the kid. Just send him to the orphanage, dude. This kid's awful. 
This kid's annoying. I don't know why you care. What's the line? Friends don't shoot friends. Friends don't say? shoot friends, Joseph. Put That's the right. Gun friends down. don't shoot friends, Joseph. <laughs> oh my gosh. So is some of that due to bad dialogue? Because I don't think the role is bad. I don't. This it, is one where I, I think it, the role is necessary for him to have the child. Because one of my favorite scenes of the movie is the weightlifting scene, yeah. where his son's helping him work out. On. You know, just little moments like that. So I, I don't mean, think it's. That you know, it's not a role issue. I think some of it could be script slash dialogue, you know, and performance issues. I think it's the actual actor itself, and I th- I think some of the performance. I think he's the got roles... a punchable face. He, he does. does. I would not be friends with that kid. Punchable faces are hard to overcome, and and he's no better in Glass. Oh gosh, he, he might no. be worse. He's like no, a child. No. He's, he's, he's like a child version of Eddie Redmayne, dude. Just a punchable <laughs> face. Extremely punchable. He's rough. I think screenplay kills him. I think it's the screenplay in the original because I actually think his he fits pretty well in pushing David Dunn to yes. explore himself from a kid's perspective. It's like, yo, look at what you could do. Look at what any kid would want to get to if they could. Yeah, you know, and, looking at a superhero, oh. I think the it fits, but he's not given any favors. Yeah, and look I, in the screenplay, and I think there is enough great interactions like the weightlifting scene but then i love the end scene where he's sees the newspaper yes and he's like he realizes that that's him i'm like i love it that's a great moment and i feel like that's still that works for me you know i don't i don't know that i hate him as much as you do taylor (laughs) i hate (laughs) but i I hate him dude but i understand because i only because i think enough moments in the movie work for me to not just say oh he sucks ass but like it's 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 good enough for me to want to keep him in there. The and I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm not saying he's irreplaceable. I mean, could they have found someone better? Sure, but I mean, why not just use Haley Joel Osment again? He it was only I a year it, later think, that this came out. I think it's better with Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, no question. I, I bet I, it is. That would be kind of jarring to have I see dead people and Bruce Willis. Yeah, you're like wait, same two people. Wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> That would be pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah I get a little it. whiplash from that. I'd be fine with it. Uh, another one I'm going to throw out just because I'm still mad about Thor. On re- tried to rewatch Thor with my wife, Thor: Love and Thunder, and Ugh. she had me turn it off after an hour. She's like, "You guys were way too nice about this movie." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. This movie's <laughs> awful." Uh, Natalie Portman in Heat. That's Ooh. interesting. I think she overacts to the maximum in that movie. Doesn't everyone overact to the maximum? Yeah. In that movie? yeah but so you're saying bad performance in a in great movie. Great movie. Yeah. I, I think the role's bad. I don't the think the role's bad. Cause, cause the girl's supposed to be a train wreck. Yeah. Like, but she's like too young to be the kind of train wreck they make her in that movie. So I don't think the role did her any favors. Cause she's supposed to be like 12. No, she's like 14, dude. I don't know. She seemed, I, everything about it just seemed off to me. And she's that really rebellious girl and the whole thing where she tries to overdose in the bathroom and all that. And, or she slit her, her wrist. I can't remember. I just thought it it just was too much. And I didn't. She's like a high caliber actress, we would say. And I think she was like really cutting her teeth in that role because I didn't think a lot of what she did. I thought it was distracting more than it was effective. If you yeah, I, I'm just I'm not as fresh on Heat, and so yeah. I I can't. Comment. I don't know, man. But I do remember her character in that. I think it's fine. I think she plays like a emotionally distraught teenage girl. 
pretty normal. Um, from what I've seen of emotionally distraught teenage girls, they're mm-hmm. pretty uh, hysterical, as all teenagers are. So I think it's, it's that fine. line of feeling authentic versus like I'm I'm turning up a notch because this is what dramatic people do. That's what it felt like to me watching her. I mean, her stepdad was Pacino, dude. What do you expect? Pacino, Pacino's doing enough cooking for her. She doesn't need to get in there with him. Just let him cook, and she just needs to ride in the on the coattails. Just want to throw that one out. That's one I always think about with kids. It's fun to see it when she's younger. And she's really bad in the Star Wars movies, by the way. But we'll leave that. We'll, get, we'll get there. We'll That's get not later. her fault. Let's just say that. Uh, let's get to it. All right. Any other great movies, bad kids? Not that come to mind. Okay. I'm sure we there's more, but I think we covered a lot, enough of them. I think so as well. All right. Quick speed round. Best T-com, DCOM movie and actor. Disney Channel original movie. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Dude. Shia, is... Shia LaBeouf is excluded from this ranking. You know, maybe Taj Maori in uh, not in a uh, what's it called? The dog one. <laughs> I like this poll. <laughs> I don't know this one. Oh, shoot. you don't the dog, the dog one. one. I remember Why smart I guy. It... I can't remember the decom with Taj. And uh, no oh from smart gosh. guy. Hold on. I need to get. Why can't I? It's on All the right. tip of my tongue. Well, I've got like, can I give like a top three for decom? Sure, go ahead. But I want to say mine first because I know you're going to include mine. Go ahead. It's the top guy. Easily. DCOM legend. The king. Eric Von Detten, dude. Oh. From Brink. From Brink? I knew you were going to say Brink. <laughs> He's a G, dude. He's a soul skater. And then he sells out for a little bit, but then, you know, he goes back, so it all works out. Great movie. Love that guy. He was in the Princess Diaries, too, as the hot jerk. It's just a, He's just legendary. Brink is sick. Brink's dope. Hounded. Hounded. Oh, That's I never saw called. that one. Missed Hounded that was one. good. All right. And I'll he's a great actor. Um, but we can't go, we can't get past, because uh, he has two under his belt. Mm-hmm. I need to look up his name, but Smart House and Luck of the Irish. Oh, yeah. That guy. That guy. I know you, yeah, Smart, got it. Smart House was in my top three. Blank Check is in my top three. Oh, Blank Check's dope. <laughs> Blank Check's sick, dude. Um, he has then, sex with that bank lady, dude. <laughs> he does. Incredible. Eight-year-old. And late, incredible. Ryan Merriman. Ryan Merriman. That's, yes, that's a smart house. I know. Guy. I know who you're talking about. He's and, fantastic. I mean, we got to give a little love to Johnny Tsunami too. Another, uh, another classic. Okay. I would say he's not a very good actor, though. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, down, that kid bro. has a punchable. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. I really get him do. Out of here. But I, he has a punchable face <laughs> for sure. Right. I can see. What that. about the motocross girl? She's pretty good. She plays a good dude. Ugh. She yeah. gets that one guy to go gay for her, so it's pretty convincing. What about the What about the Lawrence Bros, dude? You remember them? Oh, like the Andrew Lawrence, Lawrence those, brothers. Those guys the other crush me? it. They're in a the bazillion of them. The other me. What's the one where they go on the ranch? Little oh. kids, a little shit. No, the older guy's a little shit. Ah. He meets the little shit that works on the on the farm. That's it's, a good one. Is it cow something? Cow oh tails. <laughs> oh my god! You're right. It's something stupid. Oh. There's too many. But Too many. I mean, I mean, the most successful is High School Musical, right? Like Zac yeah. Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. I'd say that's probably. I guess it almost feels like its own thing, but you're right. It's a decom. Fair, fair. All right, let's get to it. 
If you want more the decom best. content, let us know. We'll do some deep dives for you. There's some great ones out there. Some great plots. Oh my gosh, what's the movie with the two twin girls who play basketball? Is it double, double team? Double team. Double, double team. team. I love that movie. Shout out to all my uh, double team fans out there. But uh, I love I love the climax where she travels on the last bucket. Dude, that was like oh that takes gosh, like 14 dude. steps in slow-mo. <laughs> that, was, that was like my childhood crush, dude. Get it. Oh my Get gosh. It. Okay, continue. All right. We're here. We're finally here. The worst of the worst. The bad movies with the bad performances. So these are people that just didn't didn't have it and they actively hurt the movies that were already bad. <laughs> Let's talk about the king of bad movies. I'm st- I'm going here first. Jake Lloyd from Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> George Lucas comes back finally after a long hiatus and drops Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker on us as a child. <laughs> Origin story. Origin story. Oh, where do you even start? Was this like the first, like most famous bad performance and like bad movie? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like people didn't really start talking about it until they're just like started shitting on Jake Lloyd in stars episode one. We're, we're probably the wrong people to have the initial reaction. Obviously, right. I saw a movie as a nine year old, eight year old. Same. And I loved it for loved obvious it. reasons. I'm like, this is sick. And then you see it like 10 years later. You're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What's he doing? It's pretty good, I think. <laughs> He's like supposed to be like a genius. So but here's it's- the, it's just, it's a perfect storm of a number of things because we know the script is bad. We know it's the dialogue is bad. shit show across the board. That's Horrific. bad. The role is bad. There's no reason to start this origin with Anakin and to give him a whole movie, you know, maybe limited to a flashback. But so it's wrong from the role standpoint. It's wrong from the script standpoint. And he's not a very good actor. No. And so it's really just kind of a perfect storm of shit that just all comes on. And it's haunted, apparently, Jake Lloyd his whole life. Yeah. Like, I've read things even re- like to this day, he still gets shit for it. So it's like <laughs> that's why it's like the ultimate sucks because it's just followed him his entire life and i don't think that happens to many people i think many people can get over a slump of a bad movie or a bad role but at not least the, at least the money was probably pretty good yeah maybe well yeah. did you ever see jingle all the way i was gonna yeah. say he's in jingle all the way he's and fine his his fi- he's he works in that movie he does he's fine so he that that, that kind of leads me to believe it's more heavily on the role aspect and the script issue than it is his actual performance. Because I think everyone in that movie, save, you know, Ewan McGregor and uh, Liam Neeson, kind of appear to be bad actors just Actively because of bad. how bad the dialogue is. And that goes back to the Natalie Portman or is it Keira Knightley that's acting across from him the whole movie? I don't remember. Natalie Portman. Right, lifeless. I know one's the decoy and whatever. Oh, okay. Anyway, We're, doesn't we'll matter. Padme, dude. Yeah. Padme. Padme is lifeless in all the scenes with him. It's like yeah. that's like a dead air between them, and it's like forging their bond or whatever. Yeah, but it's also weird. It's like, but why it's you... weird because he's a child. <laughs> he's like, there's like what five <laughs> or six years between them or something. It's and bizarre. Like the, the end of the like movie, they like child. they like have eye contact. Like, it's yeah. Like, he gives this him the eyes. Work, dude. You gotta have him be 
her same age, man. Like, why are we supposed to buy into this early bond and like falling in love when he's a freaking kid, dude? Yeah. Why did he do the age gap like that? Why couldn't they just come up together? Like, maybe that was the intention. I don't know. It doesn't come off that way at all. It's it's, it feels predatory and a little creepy. It's weird. It's there's no chemistry there. It's empty. I yeah. think it's an empty void in that first movie, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's nothing there, and they, so, and it doesn't get any better with Hayden <laughs> Christensen taking it on. But again, that's just because I think it's the script. George Lucas has horrible dialogue and horrible <laughs> roles to fill in this movie, and so Jake Lloyd just takes the heat for all of does, it. Does Lucas take? Does he have a lot of takes, or is he like a one and done type? I have no I idea his style. Know. I have no idea what Taylor? he was like to work with. Uh. I don't even know if he's like in the studio when they're filming. He might just have like a robot filming them. I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, I've seen interviews. That guy seems kind of like a like a weird dude a little bit. Totally. Um, so I have no idea. But I agree. I believe George Lucas wrote all three of the prequels. Yeah. And yeah, he did. The yep. dialogue the plays. Yeah, is absolutely atrocious, and it shows why the original trilogy was so much better and successful i'd say in like culture is he wasn't writing the dialogue yeah i think he had lawrence kasdan the guy who wrote raiders of the lost ark you know like (laughs) people really like yeah if he gave his scripts of the prequels at least one pass for someone else it's like these movies already are so much better but so much better you know i still have a soft spot for for it just like you said i saw it when i was nine so i feel like i can still watch it and enjoy it for the, you know, with the nostalgia of it. And Darth Maul is obviously their parts that work. The lightsaber. Yo, that last fight scene is the best scene. in maybe all of star Wars. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. No joke. No, it's insane. And the pod race is, is really good. It's working. (laughs) Another. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Um, But the pod race is pretty dope. (laughs) Yeah. He's pretty bad in all those scenes. Not going to lie. And that's why, like, was it a first take? He's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go. That's kind of what it feels like, because there's this real, like, really strange delivery on a lot of the lines. And the lines are bad. He wasn't set up to succeed. Yeah, Yeah, was there no effort to, like, really get more out of that performance, you know? I wouldn't razz Jake Lloyd today at all for anything. I wouldn't either. I think any kid, I think pretty much any kid you would have put in there would have had a similar effect. I think you yeah. got destroyed by 100%. A, a machine. It's just so actively bad. You can't not talk. The about product it. is just so bad. We can't not yeah. talk about it. You know, I mean, if I, ever, if I ever run into him, I'm going to be like, dude, I love Jingle all the way. Thank you. <laughs> I watch it every Christmas. So I thank you. It. I won't even bring up Star Wars, dude. I'll make no him happy. Need. Rolling into... Anakin, he's not a kid. He's you know a young adult at that point. Those the follow-ups. Yeah, I think he does some things actually really really well, and some things are really really bad. He's like high ceiling, super low floor actor in those movies to me. Because mm-hmm. I think about, he has. Are you talking about Hayden? Hayden Christensen. Because yeah. he has some some of his physical acting and his looks on his in those movies. I think is actually pretty effective. <laughs> then he gets his like the Sometime. sand. But the, then you get like the sand delivery when they're on the island, like yeah. you know, it's stuff like that that's just 
torpedoes. Sometimes there's just looks that he gives her where it's like, should it's so bad. It's supposed to be like a lustful or like falling in love, but he looks like he's going to assault her in some way. Yes, it does. does. He plays creepy really well, and I think that's why Revenge of the Sith works so much better than the first two. Is that he's just full on evil at that point? I actually think Revenge of the Sith is like a top Star Wars movie. I actually like it. I love Revenge of the Sith. Why didn't he save his mom sooner in the second one? What do you mean? She was just like a prisoner on that planet. He couldn't go in and get her out and get her in a better place. That that always was weird to me. Well, Obi-Wan was telling him not to go because he had yeah, a but why, but why didn't he go like a long time before? So he's on missions, dude. Couldn't hook her up? I just felt weird. Like, you just let your mom die over there? That's oh, terrible. Man. He, got, he got vengeance, though. It's cool. <laughs> I guess he yeah. figured it out. Killed all, all those right, sand all people, right. dude. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, Jake Lloyd, I'm sorry. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. We need the goodwill hunting fault. scene. We do. It's not your With fault. With Jake Lloyd. Just let us stay in the room. Someone make a meme. Do it. Get Jake Lloyd in that. Let's, let's, re- let's tweet that out. Feel bad for him. Uh, all right. We already talked about this this person, but America Chavez, Doctor oh Strange 2. I don't think we need to litigate too much here. No. If you want to get a more expansive discussion just listen to the thor love and blunder podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah or no yeah because we did discuss that because yeah we already know chavez her entire role could be removed from this movie and it would be for the better in its entirety because everything that she does her whole purpose is to open the multiverse that mm-hmm. whole power could be granted to dr strange via a spell we do not need her. We did not. We didn't need her in any scene of this movie, and no, nobody wanted her in this movie. And so the movie drastically was pulled down by her role, her performance, and just the classic tropes and propaganda that she represented. So hey, but all those kids out there are hyped to see someone just like them going on adventures with Doctor Strange because that's what people want when they watch movies. Exactly. <laughs> it's so unnecessary it's everything that's wrong with child actors is is per- personified in this movie in dr uh, strange 2 it just is and they didn't to even give her one trait that was memorable no it's the empty vessel she wore the same outfit the whole movie she's got a rainbow pin bro got yeah, a rainbow she's... pin <laughs> Because she comes from an alternate world where she has two mothers as her parents, but then she's going through time and she realized she need to have gay pride for that. She's a walking kind of feels like you wouldn't placement. need you wouldn't need to do that if you came from another universe where it's just normal, right? Right? Like right. where did you pick up the need to like have to broadcast that? Like I don't care. It just felt like this was literally made by somebody trying to sell T-shirts or. Disney Plus subscriptions or whatever Disney's peddling these days. Very strange. And the name is the cherry on top. I mean, America. America. America, <laughs> America Chavez. America. Rough. That might be the gold standard for just dog shit. Like, just straight dog shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, this person isn't as bad. Like, this person's bad, but not as bad as America Chavez. You know, you can't like, get. Yeah, that's kind of the floor. <laughs> Very bottom of the barrel. I mean, look, just look at. Osman and America Chavez and you know that's the spectrum right there. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Yes. All right. 
we got Danica Garosh, Jack Reacher two. I want to hear your guys' analysis on this one because I haven't seen it. So I want to I, I want to get seen, the logo. I also I've only seen the first Reacher. I haven't seen Reacher two. Oh, you haven't. So no one's seen it. I mean, I yeah. saw this in theaters because I was stoked. Because yeah. we know the first one was just fantastic. Agreed. And you know what's crazy? Not a single child was in Jack Reacher one. <laughs> You're right. There's Not no a single one. <laughs> Not a single even mention no of a child. No child is being used to for to motivate people to do anything. No child is, you know, like the no, no child. And it's not like those situations never are okay or work. There's just, there was no need. And so for no reason at all, they decide that he discovers he has some daughter with some chick that he boned however long ago. And she's like 15 or 16. So she's not like a child child, mm-hmm. but it's one of those just like, it, I, I, I relegate this to more of just an unnecessary role. Uh, there was absolutely no, like it served nothing to his character. It didn't make me like him more. It didn't move the movie. It didn't make the movie any better. And so I, it was, it, I actually really don't like that movie. And it's lar- in large part because of her and the role that's given to her and the amount of time that's given to her because it's, I, I don't understand why it, it's almost, maybe that was the start of the trend. Why are sequels throwing in kids to make them all of a sudden uh, yeah. to, to switch it up? Why is that the go-to? I don't We've understand. We've talked about it. this, right? The the long last kid that the hero has to bond with and the plot device of all fix time. the relationship. Yeah. You see it over and over in movies. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I, I agree. I don't like it. Because like, look, I mean, it happened. I mean, Thor, Love and Thunder happening. You know, they have a large part, you know, relegated to kids. Neither of the previous movies that ever happened, you know, it's it, Dr. Strange. Another example, not a single like child in the first one again. <laughs> and so it's like, why are they continually going to this thing? And I would even argue like Iron Man three. It's oh, yeah. that that scene with the child who helps Robert Downey Jr. And that's Shane Black who did Iron Man three. So I think he has something with kids because he does the same thing in nice guys. I don't know what he's doing there, but yeah. again, What's we can even talk Iron Man three. I thought I hated that role of that child. Oh, for sure. <laughs> He's yeah, like yeah. he was way too smart for his own good and way out of place. I, I don't know what what is it. I mean, let's let's talk about this. What is it about Hollywood? Do they think that children are going to make the sequel or the character from the originals more interesting or more gravitating? I don't know. Well, I think it's a way to like flesh out a character, right? Because like, look at like the new like the Indiana Jones, the Crystal Skull, right? They throw in Shy in there to kind of shake things up. Yeah, I mean, they even throw in Sean Connery to shake things up. Like, true. I, I think because family drama in relationships is extremely relatable, and so it's just it gives you a lot of kind of room to work. I think to cook, so like you can kind of yeah. flesh out a character that way when you run I out think of you're ideas. Right. Well, there's two things I think at play with kids in that kind of role. You get the subversion where the kid's a genius and acting like an adult. Because in day-to-day life, kids are dumbasses. Yeah. And you have to, like, teach them shit all the time because they don't know what they're (laughs) doing. In a movie, you can fabricate them being so smart and capable. And so you see it on screen. You're like, oh, wow, this is kind of interesting seeing a kid, you know, iron a shirt, you know, or whatever. It just – it has some kind of visual effect that I think kind of captivates people. But it feels gimmicky at this point. 
And then the second thing, it's kind of like what you were saying, Taylor. I think the next level in a lot of people's lives is becoming a parent and how that changes your perspective from being somewhat selfish to being selfless. And it's the easiest way to push a character into a selfless mm-hmm. space, but it's a crutch, right? It's very simple to say, oh, look, here's a child. It can't take care of himself or whatever. You have to kind of change the way you are. And it just kind of pushes them there yeah. quickly. It's an easy thing to just latch onto and run with, but it feels lazy most of the time. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's lazy because children inherently, you, you don't have to like make people care for them. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, right. oh, it's a child. Of course they're going to do this because it's their kid or it's their niece or it's their uh-huh. whatever. It's like, yeah, of course you would because it's a child. You don't have to yep. waste any time to actually convince you to like them or to right. understand why, you know, the the adult would do X, Y, and Z for the kid because they're a kid. So, of course. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I, I think you're spot on, both of you. I mean, I feel like you're right in that it's like, okay, how can we build this character up? How can we further expand his arc or whatever? Oh, a child, you know, easy, you know, whether it's, and that's just, I don't know. America Chavez is so out of left field just because <laughs> it's not even family. She doesn't There's do no, any of that. No daughter, no niece. It's Nothing. just some, some kid. And, and he doesn't like, take care universe. of her. He doesn't no. do anything. No, They're she kind like, of just handles herself the whole movie. It's like, anyway, and that's but, why I want to juxtapose that concept of where it feels lazy, like in an Iron Man three, to where it can actually be useful in a movie like Logan, where yes. where she is taking care of herself. She doesn't need protection. She fucks people up left and right. Yes. What he realizes that he wants to pass on his wisdom from his life to her, and there's like an actual deep character story there where that feels very genuine. It feels and earned, it, and it's earned based on his backstory and what she's going through presently. And so adding a kid in that context actually works. Yes. Where the others, it feels like you just don't have a better reason to make Iron Man, not an asshole. So you're like, I'm just going to make him babysit for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's a, that's a great juxt- juxtaposition. Cause yes, the Daphne Keen and Logan is yeah. excellent. Right. I and mean, that's a great performance in a great movie, but also a role that is, I think, totally necessary or feels necessary you know it's not like totally. they that was the only way to progress logan but i think it made perfect sense you know to have someone that he could totally relate to it wasn't just because she was a kid he could actually see himself in her because they have they have yes. the same essentially mutant abilities kind of in similar situations where she was kind of thrust out to be on her own take care of herself kind of a loner so all that totally makes sense. And yeah, like you said, it feels earned. It's not like she was just thrown in and all of a sudden she's preaching wisdom to, to Hugh Jackman, because I don't think, you know, Hugh Jackman remains the same. He he has an arc, but his arc yeah, feels totally earned, but he's also great? still a badass. You know, Wouldn't it be great exactly. if she's just like, are you really going to kill them, Logan? <laughs> yes, exactly. She's not like out there in the field. Like even the kids, are all, they all understand. They're all just going to go fuck everyone up. Like right. they're all just out there with their own powers. Like that one with the trees that's like drowning that person in the ground. It's oh like, my gosh, they are yeah. murdering people. I'm like, thank you. Like, finally, she's not like, it's not like Logan's going to chop off this guy's head. And she's like, stops him. Like, no. <laughs> 
Wait, we're the good guys. <laughs> we don't do stuff like this, Logan. Yeah. Seems like they've been killing people for yeah. who knows. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great. Uh, that's a great comparison, though, to when great using job, a man. child in a subsequent movie does work. You know, there are right ways to do it. I just think it's interesting how often it actually happens. That I don't know. Did they ever ask themselves, like, oh, do we need? a child in this to make this work and children. Yeah. In another angle, they don't always have to be baby children. They can be adult children like in Top Gun. Yes. Right. Perfect. Yes. Doesn't always have to be the baby or the little kid, you know, saying the silly lines. It's like, let's maybe flesh out what it would be like to have this kind of dynamic father, (laughs) son or mother, daughter, whatever, you know, something to think about. That's perfect. But I and it's like uh, the Last Crusade, yeah. yeah. It's like a, an adult finding out, you know, finding his mending his relationship with his father. Yeah, doesn't have to be put in the context of a kid. It's not like because yeah, then you tried to do it in Crystal Skull and it totally falls flat on its face. Didn't work. I mean, Shia, I love you to death, dude. But that was one of the worst fucking roles I've ever seen. <laughs> is Mutt the character Mutt. of Mutt? in crystal skulls and abomination i remember (laughs) you remember when you're younger and you had a like much higher threshold for movies where you just kind of watch everything and anything and it was like oh this is pretty good i remember seeing that movie and just being like what the fuck (laughs) this is this is like not good at all is it dude i think they're trying to spin off a whole new franchise with shia they totally were because yeah they, yeah. they tried to give him the hat at the very end and it's like oh he's the new indiana jones and it's like please no dude like no, we we talk about Shia a lot. The, I think the guy deserves a deep dive podcast because he his, does. His, his Hollywood history is insane. It's insane about it. It's and incredible. his personal life, his yeah. most recent appearance with John Bernthal on the Real Ones. Yeah, his whole development is fascinating. We will have to go into something about very fascinating. Him. And he's an amazing kid actor, and this will lead into like the last couple questions as we're wrapping up here. But then he made a movie about himself as a kid mm-hmm. that he directed, and that kid did a pretty damn good job too in that role. And I don't think – I think that movie isn't extremely memorable, but I think the performances no. are very genuine and authentic from I agree. What, I, what I felt about him. So. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, it was – he wrote it. I don't think he directed it. I think oh, it did was, he not? My it bad. was a woman. That directed it, but very good performance by that kid. I that kid did a I lot agree. of stuff. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't like him casting Lucas Hedges as his older self. It kind of <laughs> took me out of it a little bit. All right, best child act, child to adult actor ever. We've thrown out a few. Oh, so we're we're counting their adult career also. Yes. Yeah. So I think Shia is already. I mean, Shia barely makes makes the cut. Because I think For he was business. in holes. He was like sixteen or seventeen. You but know? I count like oh, I guess we're not doing TV. It's got to say... be. It's got to be Leo or Christian Bale, dude. It's one of those two. Yeah. Christian Bale gets my nod. You know. I think it's Christian Bale. At. Yeah, I mean Leo. Leo had an Oscar nom though, and Gilbert Grape. He got an early Oscar nom. He did. That's true. Um. Bale had Empire of the Sun. Swing Newsies. Kids, Newsies. <laughs> he was a pretty busy child. He's got a deep history. Yeah, he's he he thrived. So I guess I, pick your pick your flavor, you know? He's probably the most successful. I mean, 
for how many child actor movies he did before he went big. I mean, Leo, what, besides Gilbert Grape, what else? He, he was on a TV show. Yeah, that's right. That and I haven't so, seen, but I know he was big on that TV show. Oh, yeah. Like Titanic, how old is he in that movie? Is he like, like 20? Like, like in 22? Yeah. Uh, pretty young. Pretty young. So it was 96 very... when it was being filmed. So he must movie. have been. So Leo so was born in 74, so he must have been 20, 21 when he was okay. Oh, wow. Him. I didn't know he was 74. Okay. And he did some other like uh, ensemble movies as well, like Basketball Diaries and stuff mm-hmm. in that same era. Like a young, young guy. Um, you know, Natalie Portman, Jodie Foster. Those are some others. Daniel Radcliffe. He's had an interesting career. I don't think he's, he's not the best. By yeah, stretch. he's really I don't know that I'm like I'm not like yeah. I'm not like looking forward to anything he's doing, but you know I'm paying Dude, attention. Yeah, you are. Weird Al Yankovic, bro. You're oh, looking course. forward to that. No, I just on. mean in general. Okay, like, I was gonna say that's you, come on. That's of not, course he's not leading man a lister, selling no, tickets. No, getting, no. Like I'm not like, like searching him on IMDb. Like, oh, what is he doing next? Like kind of thing. Totally. Like, but I'm paying attention, you know, and so when I thought when I found out he was doing Weird Al, I was like, okay, I gotta see this. That looks actually pretty entertaining. Okay, we're here, Taylor. The segment that was the only reason why you wanted to do this podcast. Go off, King. Talk about all the TV kid actors that you hate more than oh, anything. Oh my and, gosh. And this will be our final segment. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I got voted out on including TV performances, but that's where <laughs> the majority of my hatred for child actors comes from. <laughs> So I won't go too long into this, but there's a certain trait in TV performances with kids that I do not like. And it's the bratty as hell kid who thinks they're smarter than everyone else that never listens to their parents and never shuts the fuck up. Um, (laughs) And so some of these that I'd like to include are AJ Soprano from The Sopranos, Tony's son. I hate that kid. He's a little shit the entire series. Oh, does he ever Sop- change? I have not seen Sopranos. No, he's kind of a, a blind spot. he's kind of a piece of shit the entire show. Uh, okay, and he's, he's like a twelve year old. How old is he? Like when he's starting? So, yeah, so he's really young when the show starts. So he's probably yeah. like ten. He's pretty young. Then he's got a sister who's a little older. But uh, it's supposed to be like uh, basically Tony like reflecting on his past. Be like, what can he do so that AJ doesn't go down the same path as him? But man, that kid's annoying. If you guys ever you, have you guys not seen Sopranos? I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, if you guys watch it, you'll you'll agree on that one. Uh Carl from The Walking Dead. Oh, uh, I'm here for this. Uh Carl Carl is the worst outside of maybe Lori, Rick wife. <laughs> Carl might be the worst character in Walking Dead. Carl's dumb. He doesn't listen to Rick. He's arrogant. He's selfish. And I wish for his death every episode. <laughs> I jump. He, sh- go ahead. Yeah, well, and he's actively bad at acting. And he's bad at ma- acting for he's, almost all of it that I saw. Is he in any? I haven't seen Walking Dead, but is he in anything else? Not that I know of. Okay. Nothing I've seen him in. It. He's distracting, extremely distracting. And like Taylor said, he's also written to be a total ass in basically <laughs> everything he does that puts the group in danger, or he's just. Being a brat to be a brat. He tries to be a badass at a certain point. It just doesn't work. And it it 
that show is actually the first two seasons I would say of Walking Dead are actually a, a credible TV. Um, but he is a bad part of those two seasons and he only gets worse as you keep going. Apparently he's finally dead. So yeah, he, we did he it boys. We got it. I don't watch walking dead anymore, but I have, <laughs> it's a soap I, opera I've harbored point. strong feelings about him for a long time. All right. Next up, <laughs> I got a whole list here. Um, we got Jonah from Ozark. I don't uh, mind Jonah. I don't you mind don't, him either. You don't mind Jonah, huh? I don't mind. You don't, you don't mind Jonah when he's laundering Are, and saying, screw you, dad. I'm 14 years old. I'm going to launder money for a different family. You don't have any issue with that whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just, I it. guess with just within the context of everything, I don't, yeah. it wasn't like, it just didn't strike me. I wasn't like, oh shit, like get this guy out of here kind of thing. It was just That's like, really, oh. He hated Wendy. He didn't hate his dad. Marty was proud of him for all the work he was doing. He was rebelling, but, but He's good at good at laundering but, money. So what? But still, right? Like a fourteen-year-old being like, "I don't have to listen to you." It's like, well, actually, you do have to listen to me. Okay, but think about the context of Jonah. The dude is a little dork. Doesn't have a lot of friends. He's already naturally an introvert. He finally gets a cool uncle that shows up and likes him and is genuinely kind to him and treats him like an equal, somebody that he like can actually confide with and talk to. And his bitch mom goes and gets him <laughs> whacked out in the middle of Oklahoma a or whatever. Spoilers, dude. Yeah, I'm spoiling shit. <laughs> then comes back and the mom's like, I had to do it. I had to do it. It's like, yeah, I kind of hate my mom too. Just saying. I'd be a brat. Yeah. I think he earned his ability to be a brat. That's my opinion. I'm, I just think it's exaggerated to a ridiculous level. That's fine. That's fair. I think, I think he earned it is all. I, all right. I tracked his brattiness is all, all right. I'm saying. Those of you that hated Jonah, hit us up on Twitter. You know, hit us up. <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. I'm going to agree on your next one, though, so we'll, we'll right. find common ground. And here, here, this is my last one. Uh, I got Mike and Will from Stranger Things. I hate both of these kids. I think they suck at acting. <laughs> I think the characters are bad, especially after season four. Just a complete abomination. There's nothing for them to do. I I don't know when Mike turned into this selfish ass that went from being the leader and main character of the show to I'm just care about myself and being Eleven's boyfriend. And also I'm going to be a dick to all of my friends. And also, I'm not good at acting. And also, Will hasn't had anything to do since they found him from the Upside Down. It's a meaningless character. He's not good at his... He's got two expressions. He's got happy cry and sad cry, and they look exactly the same. The kids are bad. Let's. If you're going to bench them, don't put them on my screen, because I hate it. I've only no, no. seen the first season, and so I... I I didn't have an issue with any of them in the first season. So yeah, get, maybe they yeah. progressively get worse. They do. Yes, they do. They do. The best kids are everyone else. I think everyone else works pretty well. I don't like 11, but no, no, sorry. 11 sucks. She, she is super one note as well. Um, yeah. Will and Mike don't work at all in this last season. They're not good. I don't think Finn Wolfhard is good at acting at all. I don't actually. either. I don't, I, Hollywood tried to make him a thing. I don't think didn't work. Yeah. Didn't happen. I, I don't think he's that good in the it movie. Nope. I didn't see Ghostbusters Afterlife. I didn't see that. I either. believe he's in that. Mixed results I heard on that one. I think the kid with the most potential in Stranger Things is Dustin. That kid's got great comedic timing. He's funny. I think he's got chops. 
I think he's funny. I mean, his relationship with with Steve is great. Yeah, him and Steve, they got got good vibes. So, all right, guys, I think we've talked enough about this. Are we feeling good? We get it all out of our system? I'm feeling better. I think so. You know, I obviously will continue to bring this up as we see more movies and as it comes up more. You know, I just, our hope and prayer is that Hollywood realizes that this isn't the only way to progress characters. Um, if we, you know, if we see a sequel, that's not the only way out, you know, to pull your audiences back in. It's, you know, God help us if John Wick four, if he, he has, has a long lost son oh or some long lost son, oh I don't gosh. know what I would do. You know, it's, I mean, I don't even say that, bro. I know I, it, this is, but that's exactly what could happen in the world that we live in because that just is what tends to happen. Yeah, Dad, and I stop. don't understand it. <laughs> Dad, we're like good guys. Yeah, like not even that. It's just like <laughs> don't use. He would purely be used as some sort of tool for further motivation that he yeah, doesn't. He's got to go rescue or whatever. Because yeah. again, it, just like most of any other movies, we we're already attached to these characters for so many other reasons. Yeah, that we don't need the child to be used as some sort of tool to further progress their character or make them more likable or further convince us that, Oh, I like him even more because of some sort of relationship or feelings or attitude towards kids. Don't use kids for these reasons. There are kids do have places. They have a place in movies. They do. And I think what what if, okay, hear me out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What if they collected some of John Wick's sperm? Right <laughs> against his will, and they made a little John Wick child, but he's like a cyborg. Basically, he's like John Wick's equal, and his and it's his nemesis. So he's just purely. <laughs> right, I'm, on board. I'm on board. That's yeah, Logan. He's pure, but he's purely just an enemy, though. Like he's just like his counter. I'm That's cool. It. I'm there's, cool. With there's this. no dialogue. He just is out to kill John. I'm in. You know? I'm in on that. <laughs> I'm here. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm down. For I know. That. I know. I'm just saying. There's a role for the kid there. Yeah. There's a there's a place. There's a time. <laughs> Maybe Wick. And I think kids most of the time work when their roles are delegated to not preaching, not being the smartest person in the room. You know, I would say mostly fulfilling the child's role of being a yeah. child yeah. in a given situation. And I know context and everything like that can further, you know, I guess push those boundaries to not just be limited to a dumbass kid. Um, and there are plenty of great examples of those that work. Um, but man, nothing will tank a movie like a bad child or a bad use of a child. So facts. That's it. Period. Put a pin in it. It's been spoken, people. All right. <laughs> next episodes we got coming up. We're going to get spooky. It's spooky movie season, people. A mega Halloween movie guide for all of you. We're going to try to have it up by the beginning of October. So you have a full list of movies to check out and get spooked. Can't so wait. We're going we're gonna to dive in. You guys are going to get ready to get scared. So it's going to be good shit. Bill Mote, it's been a pleasure. Good luck out there. Thank you. Avoid the, you know, don't sign your kids up for any movies. <laughs> this will be a good episode. Read the scripts before you just scripts. sign your kids away. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Make sure they're not going to be a Jake Lloyd, you know. <laughs> And the next, the next Jake yeah. Lloyd. 
Hey, unless you're cashing those checks, then who cares? Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Deal point. with it. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, until next time, we're out. Peace.